0: This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit dot Now here's today's message. Bibles this morning we're going to look this is the final week of our series on the of Jesus and the Gospel of Mark. And over the past six weeks, we've been hunting for Jesus, and we have found him in so many different kinds of places, and uh, today we're going to visit that incredible story that Stephanie helped us to get ready for this morning, the, the story of the visit of the women to the tomb where Jesus had been laid. You ready? Ready? Amen. I'm ready, aren't you? I'm ready. Yes, come on. Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, I want to thank you for what you're about to do in this room. I sense your presence. There's a divine order to this moment here. So I pray that there would be an incredible ability to focus right now in the name of Jesus. Speak your word with power and clarity. the words make sense let them penetrate our hearts and make sense in the name of jesus we pray amen amen open your bibles Uh, the book of mark chapter 15 and i'll ask you to stand if you would for the reading of god's word This is a little longer passage than we we normally read on Sundays, but I wanted to read this this way because of its context so that you can get it. We're going to start with verse 42 in chapter 15, and then we'll just bridge right over to the verses in chapter 16. Jesus has already been crucified. He has already given up His Spirit to His Father. The crucifixion is finished, and verse 42 says, this all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, talking about the Sabbath, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk. Don't miss that point. He took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was awaiting the kingdom of God to come. Pilate could not believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for a Roman officer and asked if he had died yet, and the officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph took a long sheet of linen cloth, then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, saw where Jesus' body was laid. Chapter 16. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary, and the mother of Jesus, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body now go tell his disciples including peter that jesus is going ahead of you to galilee you will see him there just as he told you before he died verse 8 the women fled from the tomb trembling and bewildered they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened after jesus rose from the dead early on sunday morning the first person who saw him was mary magdalene the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons she went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened but when she told them that jesus was alive and that she had seen him they didn't believe her afterward he appeared in a different form to two of the followers who were walking from jerusalem into the country they rushed back to tell the others but no one believed them you can be seated On a Sunday morning, December the 7th, 1941, while nobody in the American military was paying attention, Japanese bombers came upon the islands of Hawaii. And in rapid movement, they attacked the United States of America in that place. And more than 2,000 servicemen were killed. Over 1,000 were injured. They destroyed 169 planes in their bombing. The next morning, President Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, stood before the United States Congress and declared that December the 7th, 1941 would be a day that would live in infamy simply stated it would be a day that the United States would never ever forget many of you that are sitting here today watching me online will remember that not just that many years ago about 20 years ago on a Tuesday morning about 8:30 in the morning terrorists flew planes into the World Trade Center and into the US Pentagon and thousands more than 3000 at the trade center were killed that day And I'm confident that most of us will never forget where we were or who we were with that day when we got word of the attack on the United States of America. Two incredible days that will never ever be forgotten by those who lived through that experience. And yet I would say to you this morning with all conviction that the day that changed history for all of us the most The the day that stands apart from every day that has ever been on the face of the earth were the days in which Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. That day, more than December the 7th, more than 9-11, that day will stand in history because it's the day that defined our salvation and changed the course of history for our souls. That Jesus Christ is alive. In fact, this morning when I was out in the parking lot, it was so powerful when people would walk up. Mama coach walked up to me this morning and she said, Pastor, he's alive. And we would say that to each other. He's alive today. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. This morning my phone's been blowing up from friends and, and colleagues who just reminded ourselves that we serve a risen Savior. If you go to the tomb where Jesus was born, you're not, was buried, you're not going to find him. For he was resurrected. It was a day that changed the course of, of history so for just the minutes that I have and they're not many I'd like to recount it for you just very simply I don't want it to be complex I don't know if you've ever heard this story or not maybe you're hearing it for the first time maybe you're hearing it for the hundredth time but in the simplicity of this story this morning I want you to understand what Jesus Christ in fact did for each and every one of us so here we go number one Jesus was crucified on a cross. We saw that last week. By the way, Matt Ensminger, what an incredible performance last Sunday playing the part of Jesus. You did an amazing job, my brother. We are proud of you. And for those of you that were here, let me just, uh, if you were panicked about the blood, that actually was food color and it wasn't actually blood. Joey Rivers did not hit Matt and cause him to bleed. Uh, on the cross he did hit him but he didn't cause him to bleed Uh, but jesus died on the cross now the passage that is on the board is found in luke's gospel chapter 23 it's my favorite it's out of the king james version of the bible but i love the language in verse 33 it says when they came to the place now we're talking about the throng of people that are with Jesus as he's trying to carry his cross. Simon the serene is carrying the cross for him. They're stumbling up that place, the skull. I've been to that spot. It overlooks a bus stop now. But it's just a crag of a rock that stands out into that place. When they reach the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, meaning the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They, the soldiers, they parted his raiment, his clothes, and they cast lots for them. Now, I want you to understand this morning that the cross was not a contingency plan that God had in case things got out of hand. That Calvary was God's plan for your salvation, my salvation from the very beginning. In fact, there's a verse of scripture in Revelation chapter 13 which is very powerful. Here's what it says It says, The Lamb is the one whose death was planned before the world was ever created. That verse is so powerful because what it tells me is that God's plan was for Jesus to die on the cross before Adam and Eve were ever created in the garden. Because God thinks long. God thinks long. He has a plan, a strategic plan for life and for humanity and he knew in his foreknowledge that we would need salvation and so he was willing to put Jesus on the cross so that you would have salvation, so that there would be a way for you to be free from your sin. Now it's very easy sometimes for you and I to get insensitive to the brutality of Jesus' death sometimes in movies and and other depictions such as we saw last sunday here we see that and, and it brings back to our mind but let me just under, help you understand they brutally beat jesus for you they whipped jesus they they brutalized his body they mocked him and scorned him and then they nailed him to a cross because of us You say, well, pastor, that sounds like an awfully lot. Why was it so brutal? Because sin is so serious. You hear what I'm saying? Sin is so serious. So many times you and I, we just take sin and we just think it's like a mistake. We just messed up. But sin is serious. Sin is like a cancer. If you ever allow it a place in your heart, it eats away at you until it destroys you. It destroys your life. It destroys who you are. It destroys what God wants you to be, how he wants you to be. And as a result, there had to be some penalty, some payment for the sin that is in our lives. Jesus was crucified He died on a cross. But not only did he die on a cross, he was buried in a tomb. Jesus died on a cross and he was buried in a tomb. Now, this strikes me as I read the story and I read it through all of the various gospels. There apparently was not a plan after Jesus died. I mean, you got these disciples, you've got all these people that he's healed, all these people that he's helped, but nobody had a plan for what they were going to do. Jesus is crucified, he's on the cross, he's now passed. The Sabbath is coming, the Jewish holiday, uh, the Jewish day in which they could not work for 24 hours. The time is quickly coming and there is no plan for the body of Jesus. And as I read to you, the Bible said that Joseph of Arimathea, who was a religious leader of the high court. So in other words, he was in among the people who were the ones who found Jesus guilty and took him to Pilate asking that Pilate would crucify him. Joseph was a part of that council even though the Bible said he was not in agreement with what they did. He went to Pilate. The Bible said in Mark's gospel, and Mark's the only one that says this, he said, Joseph took a risk. What was the risk? The risk would be that those men in that council would bring upon him their judgment and penalty for his involvement with Jesus of Nazareth. He took a risk. He went to Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus. Now, Pilate did not assume that Jesus was already dead. It had only been a few hours. But Jesus was already passed. When it was confirmed that he was passed, Joseph took the body of Jesus... And he put Jesus into the tomb that he had carved out of stone for himself or had purchased. We don't know, but it was his own tomb. And the Bible says, the gospels, that no other person had ever been in that tomb. It was a fresh tomb. And Joseph gave his tomb to the body of Jesus. There was chaos in the city. And there was no plan And just a few hours. So they hastily took Jesus... And they brought him to this place that Joseph had for him. Now, for a man like Joseph in the position that he was in, this could have brought about a serious consequence. And yet he was willing to take that risk and to be identified with the burial of Jesus Christ. He was placed into a tomb. I find it interesting that the Bible says that Mary Magdalene And Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood and watched where they took the body of Jesus. Which tells me that they stayed until the bitter end. They stayed on the hill until the bitter end. And when they began to take the body of Jesus, they decided to follow. And they followed at a distance and they watched while Jesus was placed in that tomb. And they marked that spot because they intended to come back. The Sabbath was not going to give them the opportunity to anoint the body of Jesus that day. They would have to wait until the following. And so it was that they bought the spices and they waited for the day when they could in fact come and anoint his body. So Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And the Bible then says he rose from that tomb in power. Jesus was resurrected from that tomb on the third day. Now there's a lot of controversy or there's some controversy about this idea of the third day. People get all you know caught up in trying to figure out now was Jesus crucified on Friday or was he crucified on Wednesday because if if he's going to be 3 days, 3 nights that's not going to be that's not going to work into the pattern of a Friday crucifixion and a Sunday resurrection but but to understand the tradition of Jewish calendars Jewish the Jewish calendar simply confers that any part of a day is a day Any part of the day becomes a day. So any part of Friday becomes day one. And all of Saturday. And any part of Sunday becomes day three. So it's very consistent with what the Bible said that on the third day, that's when they came to the tomb. On Friday, he was crucified. On Saturday, he was in the tomb. But on Sunday, that third day, he came out of the grave. I used to work for a man one time who was always chiding me about sleeping late. You know, he would, he would see me at the office at eight o'clock and he would say, oh, slept in this morning, huh? And he, because he loved me, he did, and he was teasing me, he would always say to me, the greatest people, get up before breakfast. Jesus got up before breakfast. Because the Bible said that these women got up at the sunrise, before the sunrise, they were making their way to the tomb as the sun was coming up. Now, that's the way it was for me this morning. I'm on my way to church and on the eastern side, I could see the sun beginning to come up out of the horizon. That's the way it was. That's the way it was. They were on their way to the tomb, so they must have left house house in the dark. And as the sun is coming up, they are going toward the tomb. They are preparing themselves to anoint the body of Jesus, fully believing and accepting that he was there in that tomb. As they're walking along, as you might expect, these women said among themselves, how are we going to move that great big rock Because, see, they had watched as the stone had been placed in front of the tomb. And so in their logistical thoughts, planning, how are we going to move that rock? And when they turned the corner, it's like the rock is gone, moved. Well, what what happened here? And that's when the angel spoke. And it was depicted by Tracy that he is not here He has risen as he told you. See, Jesus had been telling them for days and days that he was going to be crucified. He would fall into the hands of of his accusers and they would kill him, but he would rise again. He kept telling them. I'm going to come back. I'm going to rise again. He told told his accusers, he said, you tear down this temple and in three days I'll rebuild it. He was trying to tell them, I'm coming back. I'm not going to stay in that grave. What makes Easter so powerful, what makes Easter so amazing is the reality that Jesus did, in fact, keep his word and he rose from the dead on Easter's morning. On the first day of the week. So maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're wondering what's the big deal? Why do Christians get so bothered, lathered up? The New York Times this week had an editorial about why Christians don't really get Easter right. I read it and laughed. Because the reason the world doesn't understand Easter is they have never been saved. Because if you don't know Jesus in the full pardon and forgiveness of your sins, then Easter is just a day when you celebrate the beginning of spring. If you don't know the salvation of Jesus, if you've never invited Jesus to come into your heart, then I get it. Why in the world would you want to get up and dress up and go to church on Sunday? It's just another Sunday. No, it's not. It's not just another Sunday. It's the day in which we remember that Jesus Christ is the greatest man who ever lived on the face of the earth. Other great leaders have died and they're still buried in the same spot, but not Jesus. Because Jesus lives again and he is alive forevermore. And Jesus said, If I live, you will live also. The hope of eternal life is tied to the reality that there is an empty tomb. In fact, I told you last Sunday, and I'll repeat it again Paul said this If Jesus is not risen from the dead, your preaching is in vain. If Jesus is not risen for the dead, there is no hope. You have hope only in this world. And because of that, you are most miserable. Our hope is not in this world. It is in the world that is to come. It is in the promise that Jesus said, I'm showing you. I have the power over death, hell, and the grave. And that same power is alive in you this morning. We have that promise. So as I finish, let me just tell you this. Here's why it's a big deal. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. Put that on the screen up there if you can, please. Here's what Paul said. But God, rich in mercy, has loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ Jesus. From the dead so in other words what Paul says is this here's the reality the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead tells us that God has also raised those of us up who have given him our lives who have asked him to forgive us of our sins who have made us to be his heirs his children on this Easter morning It's why we sing. It's why we get excited. It's why we love the Lord so much because we know that our sins have been forgiven and because our sins are forgiven, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Jerome, come on and play. Let's let's finish. When I was a boy growing up, We used to sing some songs in my dad's church. My dad's church was a strong Pentecostal church and very emotional kind of powerful kind of worship. A lot of people that had come out of deep, dark lives and when when they would start worshiping, they would just, they'd get beside themselves. We had some runners in the church and we had some folks that were screamers And sure, as I brought a girlfriend to church, we would sit by one of those crazies and they'd get excited and start screaming and talking in the Holy Ghost and I'd have to spend the whole afternoon trying to explain to my girlfriend what that was. But I used to remember in those services, people would get excited and they would say, I'm so glad that Jesus didn't stay in the tomb that he went down there and he snatched those keys from the devil and he's got the keys to death, hell and the grave and they just shout and scream and holler and I'm thinking well I guess, I guess he did. Let me tell you what I know. The devil never had the keys to death, hell and the grave. When Abraham died, he was carried into the bosom of the Lord. Now death was the stranglehold, that sin, the curse of sin. See, there had never never been a plan for there to be death in the world. God planned for Adam and Eve to live eternally. But because of sin, because of sin, death came into the world. And now all of humanity has to die. It's appointed unto man once to die. But what Jesus did, Jesus said, I'm coming to show you another way. That death is not the end. It's just the passageway to eternal life. And I know it's tough, and I say this very carefully this morning. I know it's tough when we lose our loved ones in this life. The Separation feels overwhelming. It's suffocating. But can I tell you that the moment that you close your eyes in this world, you're in another place. Because there's an empty tomb. There's an empty tomb. What did Paul say? Paul said to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I don't know what that's like. I, just, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I don't know what that's like. But I feel like it's kind of like this. Here I am. At this part of my life, and I'm saying my goodbyes, and I'm leaving this world, and I spin into a whole nother world that I've never seen before, that the Bible describes as eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You know why? Because there's an empty tomb there's an empty tomb this morning and because there's an empty tomb we have hope we have hope this world is not our home we're just passing through don't get attached to things of this world they're gonna fall away and you're gonna be you're gonna leave them at some point but there is another place oh I feel the Lord in the room there's another place God has prepared Jesus, He walked all the way up to Calvary. I told you last week, He he said to the Father, He said, I wish there was a way I didn't have to do this, but I'll do it if this is your will and it was God's will. You have to die so that our children can come home, our brothers and sisters can come home. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're watching online this morning. I simply ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. right there in your living room, wherever you may be, where you're with your mobile device or on your television, wherever you may be watching me right now. just bow your head and close your eyes. I want to pray over you this morning. Father, I thank you today for the power of your word. I thank you this morning, Lord, that your word is alive and that it speaks, and it's strong. And I pray, Lord, this morning for every person that's hearing my voice, every person that will hear my voice. I pray that the Word of God will find its place in their heart and their life today. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed for just a moment. If you're here in the room to me. Let me ask this question. You're sitting here today and you do not know the lord jesus christ you've never made that public confession of jesus christ as lord and savior and you want to do that today let me tell you what how simple it is accept that you're a sinner acknowledge that you are a sinner i'm a sinner and i can't save myself believe that jesus died on the cross just like i preached this morning Believe that He is the Savior of your life, that He was crucified for your salvation. Number three, just tell God that you're sorry. Tell God that you're sorry. The Bible says that if you repent, He will forgive you of those sins. So, we're going to pray a very simple prayer here in this room. And if you're watching me online, the words will be on the screen. All you have to do this morning, all you have to do this morning is pray us, this simple prayer with us, and mean it. You just have to mean it. They have to be your words. And What I mean by that is that, that, that you may be repeating the words that I'm saying, but you've got to want to convey that thought with the words that you're saying. So every head bowed, every eye closed, just repeat this prayer with me, everybody in the room. God, I am a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sin. I believe Jesus died for my sin. I believe you will forgive me of my sins. I believe you will forgive me of my sins. I choose choose Jesus. Now if you prayed that prayer, and you meant what you said, and you needed God to forgive you, guess what? He just did. He just forgave you of all of your sins. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeerichurch.com.